What is up, awesome dads? My name is Mark Spahn. Welcome to Act Dad, the Awesome Dad Show. I have an incredible show lined up for you today. I cannot wait to get into it. This is an awesome interview with Casey McAllister, an incredibly inspirational dude. He, at a young age, lost both of his legs, yet he still managed to turn his life around, stay positive. He's now the father of five, and he is a successful motivational speaker and Spartan racer. Man, this guy is doing some amazing things. I cannot wait to get into this interview. I think it's going to bring you a ton of value. Before we get into the show, I just would love to ask you to please subscribe and leave a review of this podcast. It helps us spread the message of the awesome dad movement. Without further ado, let's start the show. Casey, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I've been really, really looking forward to this interview. You have an amazing story that I think is really going to uh, impact dads in a really positive way all across the world. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, tell us a little bit about Casey, what makes you unique. All right, well, well yeah, I mean, well, you can't tell right here, but uh, I'm, I'm actually a double amputee. Uh, I'm missing my legs. Uh, when I was uh, six years old, I was, you know, a typical little boy living in a small town in Wyoming, running around doing whatever. Uh, but when I was six, I we, we traveled down to Utah. My uncle was going on a mission trip, you know, so we went to say, you know, goodbye to him as he was heading off. Well, after the church services were over that day, uh, my parents and I were standing on the side of the road. Uh, some of my siblings had already crossed, and I was kind of just standing there with my mom and my dad. Well, they said, okay, Casey, there's two cars coming and a truck. Well, after the two cars went by, I took off across the road and right in front of a semi-truck. And that, that semi-truck, I, I even tried to dive out of the way at the last second, but the semi hit me, uh, ran over my legs. Uh, when the, the truck stopped, I was laying there in the road. My left leg had been completely severed. The right one had been broken in a few places. And of course, they very quickly rushed me to the hospital, uh, decided that that right side needed to be amputated. And so that, that kind of uh, started my life as a double amputee. And I had to start figuring out how to do things in a different way. But one of the most unique things is the, the doctors told my parents not to do stuff for me. You know, they, they knew and my parents knew that I had to figure out how to do stuff on my own. I had to figure out how to do things, you know, by myself. And so I had to start doing that very early on. I mean, something as simple as turning on a light switch or figuring out how to make a sandwich for myself or do the dishes or laundry or, or vacuum the floor. You know, they, they forced me and they encouraged me, you know, to figure out how to do all of these things on my own. And not only that, to learn how to do these things. Yeah, they, they would be there to assist and help if I needed it. Uh, but more than that, they pushed me to learn and grow to do things on my own. That's really powerful. And, and it can be really hard, I think, as dads, as fathers, because we have this kind of built in uh, need to help our kids and make sure that they don't get hurt, that they don't suffer, they don't have challenges. And I think that one of the problems with that is you raise a kid that's unable to overcome those challenges. So that's really unique. That's really interesting to me that, um, you know, the doctor kind of gave that advice. The other thing that I think is really compelling in, in your particular story is the amount of difficulty. I can't imagine what it's like growing up as a seven or eight or nine year old 
and not having the use of, of your legs, especially someone like you, who's just kind of has that need to move, move, right. Has that need to move their body. Um, we, we, we tend to be so focused on complete. I just, it's amazing to me the things we complain about, whether it's not getting the right, uh, type of coffee in our latte, right. Or the guy in front of us doesn't, doesn't take off right away when we hit a green light. It's, it's crazy to me. So growing up in that situation, Casey, what was something, you know, in, in your case that you found to be really challenging? I mean, well, actually, let me back it up a little bit. Tell me a little bit about the mental state that you went through after that happened. Cause I imagine that type of life change brought on a roller coaster of emotions. If, if you could kind of walk us through that a little bit, how did that, how did that feel? Well, you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, what did you do when you found out you didn't have legs? Honestly, for me, it, it wasn't this life. I mean, yeah, it was life altering, but emotionally it wasn't, I didn't go through that period of despair. Uh, I didn't go through that. Uh, whatever that was, whether it was a little kid being able to bounce back or, or whether I, I was just ready to start my life, you know, being tough, uh, whatever it was, I didn't have that, that issue. Uh, when I lost my legs, I was ready to start taking on the challenges. Uh, I was ready to, to start learning how to be tough. You know, that, that that's been one uh, challenge throughout my life, always wanting to, to take on challenges. Uh, and I, and that was one thing I definitely was brought up with, you know, doing things that are hard, you know, I can do hard things. I think one of the, one of the problems we have nowadays with the new generation is that a lot of parents try to, you know, as you said, take care of their kids, you know, make sure they don't go through the, the heartache and the challenge that, that we grew up with. You know, they, they want things to be easy for their kids. Um, but in reality, that that's kind of holding them back. But I, I was not brought up like that. Uh, I was brought up with those challenges. I wanted to do sports. I wanted to figure stuff out. I just uh, recently got my book out there. And while writing my book, I asked my friends, hey, how was it growing up with me? You know, how was I different? And and they it kind of stumped them. They, they said, uh, I don't know, you were. You were just Casey, you know, you were, you were a regular person. And, and and that's how I grew up. You know, that's how I lived. You know, I'm not out there trying to get special consideration. I'm not out there trying to get, uh, you know, my, my disability check so I can sit around and play video games all day. That's not who I am. That's not who I've ever been. You know, I am out there trying to do my best, yeah, as a dad, as a father, as a husband, as a motivational speaker, as an employee. You know, I mean, I'm trying to work. Uh, every day of my life and so not having legs isn't it doesn't define me sure I mean that's what people see that's what people know you know that legless dude out there doing these Spartan races you know but at the same time each and every one of us has challenges and it kind of comes down to how we deal with those challenges and 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 I've always been one to take those challenges head on uh, and see what I can do. So mentality, it sounds like mentality is big, putting your mind in, in that kind of fir- strong mindset. You're in your you're absolutely right that it's really easy to get caught up in. Woe is me. Uh, this stinks. I got laid off from my job or having a hard time with my partner or my ex or whatever. And, and in reality, like if you can put on a positive face, right, and say, hey, this is just another challenge in my life. 
that I can overcome. I mean, just kind of like you're exemplifying, you can really just be the, the master of your own destiny. You can control your own destiny. And, and I, I'd imagine it take, it's taken a lot of hard work, a lot of frustration and dedication, right? But you're not defined by your losses. You're defined by what you do today to take steps forward. And I think that's really powerful. So you you mentioned something that I, I found really compelling about your story and that's Spartan races. So I've done uh, I've done a few races myself and the Spartan races, I've done a, a, just the Spartan sprints, just the three miles, one of the smaller ones that came down to Miami a few, about a year or two ago. And I gotta say, out of all the races I've done, Spartan was probably the most challenging. They had some of the most challenging obstacles, you know, a lot of hype, a lot of people, very, very competitive. Uh, it was just a really awesome atmosphere. So. I'm just curious, how did you get into, how, how did you make that leap? How did you decide, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into Spartan racing? Well, so I started, you know, I mean, I grew up in, you know, high school. I was doing cross country, wrestling track, you know, so I was always trying to do the, the most challenging sport I could. Well, I got into college and I was doing wheelchair basketball, wheelchair road racing, got into marathons, started to be in competitive marathons. But after a time, marathons just they weren't challenging anymore. You know, it's just 26 miles. I mean, that may seem like a lot to a lot of people, and I totally get that. But at the same time, it's just it's just mileage. I mean, that's all it is. You know, where's the challenge? Once you've completed one, you know, you can complete another one. Uh, and so I started looking around for something with a little more challenge to it. And that's when I found Spartan. You know, I saw this video of guys climbing ropes, hauling sandbags, climbing, you know, cargo nets, jumping over fire. And I, I didn't think I could do it. I thought that was impossible. But I knew that I needed to give it a shot before I decided that I couldn't do it. And, and so I, I gave it a shot and, and I fell in love with it. Yeah, it was challenging. Yeah, it's the hardest thing I've absolutely ever done in my entire life. Uh, but at the same time, that's exactly what I was looking for. I wanted to see what I could do. So how did that, I mean, how did that look? How did that feel? Did you just show up on the day of the race and be like, all right, I'm Casey. I've crushed marathons. I've crushed all these other races. I'm going to do the, the Spartan race. Did you have a team? Did you just show up? How did that look? How did you get prepared for the event? Well, I, I knew, uh, you know, it'd be off-road, and so I trained a lot of just walking on my hands off-road kind of stuff, um, but I just showed up by myself. My family was with me, but they weren't running with me. I knew I'd be out there on my own, which, you know, was a little interesting. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I showed up, and I, and I went with it. I was initially going to try to do it with my wheelchair, but then I decided to just do it on my hands. And because I, I didn't know if my wheelchair could make it through the, the kind of obstacles that, were, you know, was going to be ahead of me. So I just got got on my hands and, and started going. Man, that's that's an incredible story. And, and one of the things I found when you're in one of these races is a big sense of camaraderie, camaraderie and respect. It doesn't really like your your height, size, race, gender. Every, everything kind of goes out the window when you're all kind of tackling these these challenges at the same time. Did you find that to be the case also? Did, did you see people kind of looking at like, oh, there's no way he's gonna be able to execute this obstacle? Like, how did, how did that kind of look? How did that make you feel? The craziest thing about Spartan, the thing I like the most about Spartan 
is it is a family out there. It doesn't matter if you've never met those people before. Um, you are instantly part of a family of Spartan racers. And unlike marathons, the people out there on these Spartan courses are out there to, you know, not only crush it themselves, but also to help other people. And so if I needed help getting over a wall or, or anything else, you know, there was always somebody right there to assist me in any way, any way they could. Uh, and and so I, I never saw people saying I couldn't do it. In fact, they, I mean, they were blown away that I was out there. People would often help or offer to assist me, and it just showed what kind of awesome family you know that was out there and ready ready to take on these Spartan courses. It's definitely easy in this day and age to get caught up in the negatives, all the negative energy that's going on in the world. But I, I did get that same vibe. And I also want to encourage any dad, uh, anyone that's watching or listening to this uh, episode, you can do it. You know, you just got to take that first step. Sign up, start training. You'll need to train super hard to do these races. But, man, I'm telling you, there's there's just a, a huge sense of accomplishment when you cross that finish line for a race like this uh, with obstacles and challenges and lots of people. But they're very, very rewarding. You definitely get a sense of accomplishment at the end. And speaking of the end, the, the one thing that I thought of when I was watching your story and, and kind of thinking about it was, the fire, the fire at the end. There's fire at the end of every Spartan race. How did you tackle the fire? Like that seems that seems really challenging to me. <laughs> yeah, I I wasn't too sure how I was going to take it on either. But uh, you know, I wear gloves and I have a a boot that I made. And man, the first time was kind of uh, scary, but kind of just find places that aren't burned as much and and I go at it as fast as I can and. And up till now, I haven't gotten burned. So uh, <laughs> get through it as fast as you can, and, and there you go. Mind over matter, I guess, right? Mind <laughs> over matter. So I want to kind of segue a little bit into fatherhood and what that means to you, right? You're a father of five kids, and, you know, do they come to the races with you? Like, how do you think that – what kind of example do you think you're putting on when you say, hey, kids, look at me? I'm not being defined by uh, physical, mental, emotional challenges – I'm defining my own future. Like how, what's the response been from your kids when you are that positive role model? You, you, you show them, you lead them. How does that look? Well, first thing, my kids are regular kids and they don't look at me as anything special. <laughs> I am, I am just a dad to them. Uh, so, you know, my kids aren't all super motivated or anything. It's still the struggles that everybody goes through. Uh, you know, and so I do, you know, I, I go through the same struggles as any other dad, uh, struggling to uh, motivate them to, to do things that they didn't think they could do and to encourage them and to help them through their own challenges in life uh, so they they are regular ordinary everyday kids that look at their dad as as a regular ordinary everyday kind of dad and and so i but but i do i i help to motivate them i give them challenges i give them chores that are possibly too hard for them so they have to figure out a way to uh overcome that you know a way to conquer their own uh drawbacks and their own fears that's awesome. That's awesome. And, and I, I like the way you put that, that, hey, they see me as their dad. I'm a regular dad. Don't sell yourself short, though, because the things you're doing are awesome. And if you're taking the effort and the time to be a part of their lives, you are an awesome dad. So respect there. Um, so one of the things that I believe very, very strongly in, and I'm sure you're aware of this, is you're going through your training, your motivational speaking, your book writing, your social media presence, all your different initiatives is 
time becomes your greatest bottleneck as a, as a father, right? You just, you're trying to, to, to balance all these different things. And one of the, the core concepts that I believe strongly in is trying to merge your personal passions with the passions of your kids. Do you have any tips or tricks or any ways that you've incorporated them into your program? Uh, right and right now, my kids are pretty young, but uh, I do, you know, I take them uh, out on trails uh, and, you know, and it's not necessarily trail running because they're they're pretty little. I got a two year old, but, you know, they're out there and, you know, we, we do uh, challenges, just little small things, you know, around the house or or throwing, you know, blocks around the backyard. Uh, you know, I do find ways to uh, incorporate them into not only my training, but, you know, also my work, my motivational or also just work around the house because, you know, that's a big part of who I am. It's kind of hard to separate, you know, this is my work life, this is my home life, because everything I do kind of feeds all together into becoming the best person I am. Uh, and you talk about balance and, and that's how life has to be balanced, is that everything is kind of all in one. Uh, and you got to figure out your priorities. You know, I mean, yeah, we want to be successful, want to have these passions in life. Um, but at the same time, you know, what are our priorities? You know, and if our family is our priority, then we're going to find ways that our passion will include our family. And we're going to find ways uh, in which we can have them find that joy as well in those things. Uh, and so, yeah, balance is, is always an issue. In fact, it's the only it's the only resource that we have that, you know, the only non-renewable resource. We can always get more money. That sounds kind of tripe and uh, whatever, but it's true. Money will come. Money will come. Money will go. It happens. But time is the only thing we will never, ever get more of. And so the more time we waste and the more time we, we lose, uh, that that's the true value right there. We we have to uh, use the moments and uh, use that time for all it's worth. Absolutely, being I mean I could go on a huge rant about this. this being present in the moment is so important, um, and I I really hate it when I hear people say, "Well, I just don't have enough time." And I think that the challenge that I I, I have for people is instead of saying I don't have enough time, say, "Well, it's just not that much of a priority for me." And putting your priorities in in line is just is really important. Do you have any tips, t uh, strategies that you use? Because I mean, even not to be degrading, but some of the tasks that I take for granted, like walking downstairs to make a glass of water, that would probably take you longer than it would for me, right? So, do you have any tips or strategies that you've used in your personal life to help prioritize, determining your priorities? How can you maximize your your time and effort? Well, uh, honestly, the biggest thing you have to calculate is how much time you waste. Honestly, I mean, how much time do you just spend doing nothing? How many of us, and, and I'm guilty of this too, I mean, I'll, I'll relax with a show before bed. Um, but you have to understand how much time are you truly wasting on, on video games? <laughs> Man, I say that to like kids nowadays. They're like, oh, don't say anything bad about Fortnite, you know, and <laughs> And, uh, but how much time do we waste on video games? How much time do we waste on TV? How much time do we waste on pointless pursuits? Now, I'm not saying there's there's not a place for that. You know, I love I love watching shows. I love relaxing. I love spending time with my my kids and my wife. You know, watching a show or two. But if you're you're spending hours of your day 
watching a show and then all of a sudden you're like well i don't have any time to exercise man i just don't have enough time to do this and that so there there's so much time uh that honestly we waste uh, if you truly are maxed out on your time, then it does come back to priorities. Where are you going to put your priorities? For me, uh, I, I uh, use a lot of my downtime to clean the house, which sounds really weird, but uh, I've found that cleaning a house is a bigger priority than watching shows. And, and so I get my relaxation when the kids are in bed and I get to clean the house. Uh, that, that's, a, you know, that's a nice relaxing time for me. And so as we look for those those uh, ways to be more efficient and uh, better, you know, look for the areas where we're not it's not a hobby that we're, you know, using to progress ourselves. If we're, you know, wasting time by doing woodworking project or if we're wasting time by reading a book, is that really wasting time or are we truly utilizing that downtime to to, uh, you know, reorder our mind to relax ourselves? That's a way we can use downtime to even then benefit ourselves. That, I mean, that's a great point. Also, you can get so caught up in, I got to get up. I got to go to work. I got to get home. Got to watch the kid. Got to work out. Then I got to work in the evening. And you get so caught up in the hustle and bustle that you don't actually take the time to rewind and recuperate. You know, whenever you're exercising or working out, the recovery time is just as important as the actual exercise itself. So finding, I think finding, and in, 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 like you said, defining what your priorities are, defining what you need as a human being in order to recuperate, whether it's cleaning, watching a television show, playing games for a little while, uh, I think is, is, is really important. You know, just finding ways to to be content, to be happy, um, and also keep those around you happy is a big is a big part of that. I think the reality is, if you're overstressed, if you're overworked, if you're not happy as a human being, ain't no one around you going to be happy. You certainly can't be an effective father in that kind of a situation. It's it's just not possible. So I'm I'm also curious about the future. What do you have planned for the future? I mean, you've already accomplished so much in your life, right? So Casey, what do you have planned for the future? What's what's next? You've got the book, you've got these Spartan races. You know, I'm, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast with me and the show here. What's next for Casey? What do you got planned? Oh, well, uh, there, there's never a dull moment. I'm always trying to squeeze uh, every moment of life. Uh, so my, I, I got my book coming out this week. April 1st will be my book. That's been years in the making. Uh, although now that it's kind of launching, my, my mind is starting to uh, think of the next book I want to write. So maybe another book in the future, uh, kind of focusing on that one. But hopefully a lot more speaking opportunities because of that book. Barton Race, uh, you know, I've done the Sprint. I've done the Super. I've done the Beast. I've attempted an Ultra Beast, which I haven't completed one yet. So that's definitely on my docket to uh to crush an ultra beast uh not only that you know i mean uh i, I want to get other para athletes out there barn races started this para spartan initiative and so i'm out there actively trying to recruit people we have our my para team that's out there actively fighting to be the number one uh, para team out there you know so a lot of these things that i'm uh, striving and putting putting energy towards trying to be active on social media so that not only you know am i doing this stuff to improve myself but i'm actively helping other people motivate themselves to uh, crush their own dreams and their own goals in life 
That's incredible, dude. Like I have a ton of respect for, for that because personally, I don't know how I would feel if I went through that type of uh, a life altering event. You know, I don't know that I could take it on the chin as well as you did. So I've got a ton of respect for that. And in your ability to, to go out and reach and touch people's lives in that type of way is just, it's going to be so empowering. I really think dads are going to say to themselves, you know, maybe my problem isn't so big. Maybe I can overcome that. Maybe, maybe I can be a little bit more present in the moment. You know, maybe I can get my kid a little bit more involved in my past. You know, maybe I can spend a little bit more time. You know, that's my goal here uh, with this show and with interviewing awesome dads like yourself. What's your what's your website? I'm, I'm going to put all your information here in the show notes for all the awesome dads to check out. Definitely check out Casey's social media page. He's got some really great content on there, some really high quality videos. I'm sure Spartan is loving, loving you. But uh, yeah, give us give us another plug. What's your website? Uh, so all, all that I do is rise up, rise up with Casey.com is the website, Instagram, Facebook, rise up with Casey, a little bit of YouTube, need to work on that a little bit more, but, uh, uh, and then my, my book is rise up. So go out there and, uh, check it out and, and, uh, drop me a note if you can. Respect, respect, Casey. Really appreciate you coming on the show today. This was a lot of fun, man. I, I think that you're doing awesome work. Uh, you're just living the, your best life, man. And that's that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about, brother. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Live every moment to the best and uh, bring your uh, wonderful family along for the ride. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you got a ton of value out of that interview. I just had an awesome conversation with Casey, and I feel motivated to be my best self. If you feel that same way, please do me a favor, subscribe, and leave us a review. Let me know what we can do better. Let us know how we can get the message of the Awesome Dad movement out there. Thank you so much, and make it an awesome day.